You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. New year, new podcast? I don't think so. This is the Locked On Utes podcast, beginning of January, our first official podcast in the new year. Brian, what is up, my friend? New year, new news, same us, buddy, just grinding away here in our basements. <laughs> that's the truth. We both are in our basements, but that's the fun part about it. We love doing this podcast, talking all things Utah. We've got a lot to talk about on this Monday edition of Locked on Utes. We're going to talk some Utah basketball. Their search for a road win in Pac-12 play continues, losing both games in Southern California over the weekend. We'll break that down for you on today's podcast. Also need to talk some football news and notes. Nick Ford, as as well as Brant Keith, he announcing they're going to return to Utah for the upcoming 2021 season. Big time returnees, as well as some other news and notes with regards to the Utes. We'll all touch on that on today's show. Brian, I know you're a big fan of Built Bar, and it'll probably warm your heart to hear this, but Built Bar is the title sponsor of today's podcast. If you go to BuiltBar.com right now, use the promo code LOCKEDON, you can save yourself 20% on your next order. We're also brought to you today in part by our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. We'll tell you about both of those companies here a little bit later on the podcast. All right, Brian, what do you say? Should we break into it here? Ain't no time like the present, Jake. Let's do this thing. This is the Locked On Utes podcast for January 4th, 2021. What's up, everybody? Welcome on in to Locked On Utes once again. I'm Jay Catch. That is Brian Brown. We both work for the Zone Sports Network. Both are producers for that radio station. But Brian, in addition, works for UteZone.com, covering all things Utah athletics. And this is your daily podcast focused on all things Utah. And we encourage you guys, if you haven't done so already, it's a new year, uh, new resolutions, kind of new goals people have set for themselves. Make it a resolution. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode of this podcast as we talk all things Utah athletics every single day. How about that, Brian? Does that sound pretty good for an intro? I like it. All right. Well, I'm here for it. <laughs> absolutely. We're here for you guys each and every day, so make sure to follow along. You can follow the show, by the way, on Twitter, at LockedOnUtes. Follow Brian's work at BrownBearSLC. And if you'd like to weigh in with me, you can also follow me at Jacob C. Hatch. All right, Brian, let's talk some Utah running Utes basketball to kick things off on this Monday edition of the show. And I wish we were going to talk about something positive for a change with this program, but when you go down to Southern California and lose two games, Games in different ways, to be clear, but you lose two games in a ro- two games in Southern California and make it a 12-game road losing streak in Pac-12 play. I'm not sure there's much in terms of a positive note to talk about. No, there isn't, and I think the big headline coming out of both of those games is that the things they needed to improve on still looked very, very shaky. Uh, it was. Uh, the UCLA game felt a lot more competitive, jumped out to an early start, let him back into it. I really stay away from criticizing coaches. Sure. But one thing I've noticed with Larry Kay is that he has a tendency to let teams play through those streaks rather than calling timeouts and trying to get them to stop. Mm-hmm. And I think it really hurt Utah in that instance to let him try and play through and stop the streak on their own for, for whatever reason. And uh, the USC game was just gross. There's, there's not really a good way to describe it other than they felt like 
the effort was waning. Sure. It was hit or miss. There were spurts where it was there, and there were spurts where they just looked like they wanted to get back on the plane. They went down there a day early to try and acclimate. They shouldn't have been tired. There's not a whole lot to do because we're in a pandemic. It's not like you can sneak out and go to the bars. <laughs> no. So you don't have any schoolwork to worry about. So basically what you're doing is hanging out, thinking about basketball, enjoying the good weather. So I, I don't like the trend of the program right now. I don't like what we're seeing now. Every week in the Pac-12 is a change because it's going to vary based on your opponents, based on where you're at all the above, but Utah's not establishing themselves the way that you would like them to establish, and they're not improving in the rebounding. Yeah, and that's that's a massive concern. Uh, I want to get to the rebounding issues because our good friend Ubuntu on Twitter actually put something out that it was very alarming in the rebounding category. We'll get to that here in just a minute. I wanted to break these two games down separately because I felt like there were two different types of losses. Let's start off with UCLA, the game on Thursday. They went down there to Pauley Pavilion, and they gave the Bruins everything they could handle. It was a 72-70 to final in this game, but the final minute of this game was the part that I want to talk about, Brian, is that, of course, people are going to talk about the Pella Larson uh, inability to get a shot off with the buzzer sounding and losing the game that way, but there's other things that happen. You had Timmy Allen stole the ball, turned it over. You also had Alfonso Plummer, who could have tied the game, but only makes two or three free throws. The final minute of that game is kind of a microcosm of just a day late and a buck short when it comes to Utah basketball. And I'm with you. The trend is not ideal, but you look at that game, you're like, that was a game that was imminently winnable for Utah, and they seem to shoot shoot themselves in the foot multiple times down the stretch. They did, and they were mistakes that seemed like their lack of focus and lack of concentration, and that's the part where I'm very concerned about it because that's not something that you would expect from a program like Clary Kraskoviak runs. It is all about being focused. It is all about being on top of your own stuff, for lack of a better uh, vernacular. Sure. Um, I'm going to get hit up by Scott Stevens for using the word vernacular. I'm sh- I'm sure. Um, but th- the bigger thing is that you're not seeing contributions from a lot of the guys that you expect them. You know, Jack Jackson Brentley Brentley played three minutes, not an impact, right? Uh, Ian Martinez is starting to show some good flashes, but he's still not playing that often. It's it's Riley Batten who is not really impacting the game massively, uh, other than you know being a size guy. It's Ryland Jones who. You know, I mean, fouls out of that game, six points, four assists, two rebounds, not exactly the greatest effort in the world. You know, Alfonso Plunimer starts out just absolutely scorching hot and then ends up shooting four of 11 from three. And and Josh Newman asked Larry in the post-game press conference, in fact, I'm almost going to say that there was a purposeful glitch because the feed dropped out for a few minutes after that. But he asked Larry if if there's a conversation that needs to be had, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, about Alfonso's shot selection. And and Larry said basically that he knew that he was going to have a good game because he had a good week in practice and that his job as coach was to help him find the shots that he needed to take and select that he could make. And so I think there is probably a little bit of it there. But what I love about Alfonso is his willingness to try and make things happen for his team. Sure. And, and there are a lot of guys out there that feel like they're almost scared. You know, Mickey Jensen and 
just, I, I don't know what's going on. He and Brandon Carlson, both, they just look like different players than they were last year. And that's, that's a big deal for a team that is struggling with their size. Yeah, absolutely. And that is a concern. Uh, let's talk about uh, for, uh, for just a second here. Well, actually, you know what? I want to separate uh, the, the USC game from this UCLA game because I think there's a different storyline with regards to that loss. We'll get to that one here in just a minute. And we'll also get, we also got to get to that rebounding note because when you sent that to me, it was about as alarming as I have seen for a Larry Kraskoviak team in some time. So we'll get to that here in just a minute, though. Before we do that, though, Brian, let's talk about our good friends at BetOnline.ag. I know that many people out there are, are getting into the sports betting thing. Some people may even set a New Year's resolution to break into the sports betting world. There's one place you should go, and that's betonline.ag, and tell them why, Brian. You're going to make money. That's the biggest reason. And and you've got a double threat of having the locked on promo code when you set up your account yep. to get 50% more of whatever it is you deposit. I don't know about you, Jake, that stimmy check's coming. So I'm, yeah, I'm thinking I, I want to increase my investment. I want to pay my uncle Sam back if you're like for everything me, he's given me. If you're like me, you got that stimul, you got those stimulation checks late last week. So I, it's already in my bank account. So that's right. It's, so you're already making it. It's burning a hole in my liter, literal figurative pocket that I need to, need to use it so like brian said go to betonline.ag use that promo code locked on when you're there it's a free account to set up first off it's it's free there's not going to cost you anything to set it up but when you make that first deposit use the promo code locked on you'll get a 50 percent welcome bonus it's free money to bet with folks it's a great way to go about having some more fun when it comes to the sports betting world whether you're into college basketball like we're talking about right now the college football bowl season's over except for the national championship a week from tonight we'll talk about that in the coming days but regardless of the sport, NFL playoffs, NBA action, they've got it covered for you guys. Once again, go to betonline.ag, use that promo code locked on when you're there with that first deposit and that 50% welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Brian, how bad of a shooting performance have you ever endured, whether you a game you have played, a game you have attended? Does one come to your mind? Ooh, it, games I've played in, absolutely. I, I, mm, but, uh, ooh, th- there have been some bad ones. I, I, uh, recent memory, I'm trying to think. The Jazz weren't so great the other night. That's that's one that pops out to my mind. The Jazz have had some Suns. clunkers. Yeah, the Suns game in particular. But uh, have you ever seen a game where in a second half, a team shoots four of 30? Four made shots on 30 attempts. Have you ever seen that before? I believe the Houston Rockets were close to that when they played the Golden State Warriors in Game 7. But I I actually enjoyed that one to a degree because I hate the Rockets. Yeah. I did not enjoy the performance that we saw on Saturday. Yeah, Utah shot 4 of 30 in the second half of a blowout loss to the USC Trojans. That's a nice 13.3% for those of you keeping track at home. Man, was that a rough second half to watch in particular. Rough game overall, let's be clear about that. But man, it just was one of those games that it just is head-scratchingly difficult to sit there and endure as a fan or a media member who's watching it. I wanted to express my condolences to guys like Josh Newman and Jay Drew who were writing about this game and had to come up with a storyline about it. But regardless... Just an awful performance, and I know a lot of Utah fans in the aftermath of that game actually were more upset about what Larry Kriskoviak said after the game. Have you seen this quote, Brian? 
I, I believe I have, but go ahead and lay it on him. Okay, so I'll read this quote here. It says, quote, I thought our defense was really good. I don't know if I've ever seen a, been involved in a game where the score doesn't indicate what type of a game it was, unquote. And that quote obviously ruffled feathers with Utah fans because many of them are saying, your team just shot 430, and you're saying this game was different than what we just saw on the court. I get that that quote is going to ruffle feathers, but in in a way, I get where Larry's coming from. But as you and I both talk about all the time, both on this podcast and just in everyday life, this is a results-oriented business. And as it stands, as we talked about a little bit earlier on in this podcast, Utah is now amidst a 12-game road losing streak in Pac-12 play. The trajectory of this program is not in a good spot right now. It's not, and I think... One thing that I always like to point out to people is that when coaches give their answers, they're not talking to fans. They're not talking to media members. They're always talking to their team. And Larry has been harping over and over in his comments about defense. And so he wanted to stress to his team that he was proud of the defensive effort and knows that the shooting will come. Unfortunately, fans and media members are the ones that set the storyline surrounding your program. They set the energy. And I think that for whatever reason, Anthony Lynn is a great example with the Los Angeles Chargers where they continue to make these decisions that send those storylines and those conversations in negative directions away from them. And as they start to grow and and explode and envelop and become out of control, it makes you look foolish as a coach. And so I, I agree with you. Larry's not altogether wrong, but timing reading the room, things like that, where these coaches get so set in the, in the fact that like, I'm not going to let anybody else determine what I'm doing. You have to find a way to be better about that. There has to be somebody on your staff. That's going to say, Hey, we got to be better about this today. This is not good for us from a job perspective. Yep. Uh, so their Pac-12 road losing streak is 12 games. They made just 28% of their shots overall in this game, 17 of 61. It just it was a disappointing outing coming off what was a near win at UCLA for Utah. Uh, so now they turn their attention to trying to kind of regroup this coming week, and we'll see what happens with them. They're going to be hosting Oregon State late Wednesday night and then Oregon on Sunday before hosting the Bay Area Schools. So there's a nice four-game home streak home stand I guess we'll call it coming up for Utah we'll see if there's some better outings for them coming up but Brian uh, you brought this note to my attention right before we push record on this podcast and it is massively concerning we do give do need to give credit to Ubuntu uh, he's a diehard Utah fan on social media especially the running Utes the the basketball program is his pride and joy and uh, he says that here so the quote says Utah gives up offensive rebounds at a 33 and a half percent clip which is not only the worst of any of Larry Kriskoviak's Utah teams including his first year but is the worst offensive rebounding percentage of any Utah team going back as far as Ken Pomeroy uh, Ken Palm rating data goes which is the late Majerus year so that's got a lot of info and a lot of data behind it. That is a massively concerning number there because that's one in three off uh, rebounds on the offensive glass are going to the opposing team. Yeah, and, and you know rebound rate and and 
and and those kinds of the statistics are newer, I think, for the old school people. But you look at the box scores, and they reflect perfectly what's going on with the game. Utah is not rebounding, and Larry has never been one to uh, devote a lot of energy into offensive rebounding. Neither have the Jazz, neither have a lot of coaches, right? There's a lot of teams that feel like it's wasted effort. They'd much rather get back on defense. Sure. Interesting thing, Greg Popovich's role reversed that now with his team where they want to get offensive rebounding rebounds now because it's something that they feel confident about or or because it's a way that they feel like they can hedge their bets, so to speak. What the bigger problem is is it's that their their effective field goal percentage is is miserable right now. Yeah. It's the second worst of Larry's tenure, uh, second worst of any Utah team in Ken Palm's database going back to those early Majerus years. And it's just, if you're not going to make shots, if you're not going to rebound those shots, you're not going to win games. It's as simple as that. Thank you, Jim Boylan. Ball, ball didn't go in the hoop. Ball does have to go in the hoop, obviously. Yeah, it's a make or miss. It's a make or miss game. The game is about buckets and, and f- for all the talk that we, we have about defense and improving defensively, Utah's taken very good care of the ball. They're one of the top teams in the country in terms of not turning the ball over, but it's almost like it's hindering them to make shots because they're so concerned about that. Yeah. And the other issue is that they're just not getting rebounds. Yeah, Ubuntu pointed out Utah had 61 shots to USC's 47 in that loss down there at the Galen Center, and they lost by 20 points. You yeah, know, Evan back- Mobley, who's yeah. their standout freshman, was basically limited to nothing which yeah. that's a great effort but at the same time if you're going to do that and then go ahead and miss three shots for everyone that usc puts up you're never going to win games like that and and look everybody has bad shooting nights i get that but there are fundamental fundamental issues here with this team that seem to not be improving as quickly as utah fans would like I, and I think that's the best point there is that it just seems like it's the same issues or it, they're just issues. It seems like with each team under Larry Kraskoviak that seem to just be their Achilles heel year in and year out. As Ubuntu points out, yes, their turnover percentage right now is 14%, which ranks seventh nationally. It says this is easily the best mark of a Larry Kraskoviak team in this category. They're not turning over the ball, which is great, but he says that the gain is more than offset by their effective field goal percentage, which is to date 47.5%. And as you mentioned, the second worst of Larry's Utah teams, second only to 2012, and the second worst of any Utah team in Ken Palm's database going back to the Majerus years. So it, it, it just, you look at it and you're like, okay, good news on one front, but it's completely negated and maybe even completely outdone by just another stat, which is critically important to success as a basketball program. We talk about stats that matter on this podcast all the time. We've been very generic in our evaluations of the team saying they need to make shots, they need to defend, and they need to rebound. Lo and behold, what have they struggled with in every single game that they've lost? Scoring, rebounding, and defending. Hey, look at that. Count them up, you know? (laughs) Like, that's the problem here is that... It, it, not everything has to be this great grand mystery where you're chipping at the rock for 30 hours trying to figure out what's underneath there. Some of it is plain as day, mm-hmm. and this is plain as day. Now, the the onus is on Larry and his staff to figure that out, to get the guys in 
in the in the gym to get them practicing. They'll have two weeks before classes start, so they'll have some time. They can get their legs underneath them. They can do whatever they need to do, and maybe classes starting will help this team find some normalcy. We've talked about how COVID has thrown things off. Larry mentioned it in the post-game press conferences that they had been sitting around. Sure. And, and look, I get that that's tough when you're 20 or 21, but deal with it. There are people out there that are having a lot worse problems than you. So figure it out, get some work in, and play with some energy already. You had some opportunities. Like I said, four home games over the next two weeks at the Huntsman Center, the friendly confines, in theory, for the Utes. We'll see how that goes. But, Brian, coming up here in just a moment, let's flip our attention to Utah football. Two big returnees for 2021 announced their intentions to rejoin the Utes next year. Some good news on the Utah football front. We'll touch on that here in just a moment. But before we do that, let's take a minute and talk about you and I. We both have one of our favorite snacks, and we're proud to have them on this podcast. That's our good friends at Built Bar. Uh, going into 2021, as I mentioned earlier on in the podcast, it's a new year. So many of you set in resolutions, and I guarantee there are more than a handful of you listening to this podcast who have set goals, whether it's to go to the gym, to lose weight, to maintain your weight, to bulk up, or you're trying to diet, no matter what it is, I'll tell you what, Built Bar is a fantastic addition to anybody's diet. Tell them why, Brian. We talk about a new year, new you, good news coming down the pipe. The good news is that Built Bar is going to make your choice easy they have 18 different flavors some with nuts some without whatever your flavor or taste profile is built bar has something that will fit that it makes it easy for you you grab the build bar that's your that's your snack if you're really trying to cut that's your meal replacement it's full of protein not a lot of sugar it is keto friendly it fits all the diet plans it is the easiest way to help you get started on whatever it is that you're trying to do in this new year. Yeah. High protein, high fiber, low sugar, low calories. They're the perfect complement for anybody's diet. If you're Brian, you like to make that quote unquote built bar sandwich, mix a couple of them together. Enjoy that. I'll tell you this example. So one of my favorites I've actually really started to enjoy recently, Brian, is the lemon almond cheesecake. It seems like a weird flavor, but I'll tell you what, it's absolutely delicious. So I'll t- as Brian said, 18 unique flavors. They've got one, two, probably five, six, seven, maybe even more than that that you will enjoy. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKEDON while you're there. You can save yourself 20% on your next order. We mean it sincerely. We both love Built Bars. I encourage you guys in the new year to give them a shot. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Save that 20% and enjoy the best tasting protein bars anywhere. As we put this Monday podcast to bed, Brian, let's talk some Utah football for a moment. And of course, it was a long holiday weekend. We're all kind of paying attention to the news. And two big announcement, announcements came via social media. And those are the, the, the return of Nick Ford and I maybe more importantly, Brant Keithy. They'll both be Utes in 2021. And that should be welcome news to any Utah football fans ears. It should be. I think both have proven their importance to this team. Ford sliding inside to the center position really stabilized that offensive line. It gave them a solidified leader there with athleticism and power. He was very influential on Satawa Lomea, on Keaton Bills and Braden Daniels, who both took time at the guard positions. Uh, it did open up a slot for Simi Moala to get more work at the left tackle position, yeah. which came with mixed reviews. There's no doubt about it. But that's the issue with Simi is he has to get reps out there if he's going to improve. Otherwise, someone will step up and take that position. And, and what it also allowed was Jaron Kump to step in and do just that. And so 
getting him back next year, it, it solidifies your group. It's he's the best offensive lineman on the team right now. To have him return with experience, with more motivation, with more yeah. uh, focused direction on what his next six to nine months are because at this point he's graduated sure he is not have to worry about any of that kind of stuff he's not taking his full engineering class load anymore and so he will be entirely focused on the one goal he has which is making it to the nfl and we've seen in years past that that's been truly beneficial to the athletes at the university of utah bradley and i stands out in my head first and foremost yeah so here's my question brian we'll get to brant keithy and more about him here in a moment i wanted to ask you with regards to nick ford you know often Offensive line better than I do. Where do you think his future, whether it's at Utah and even more importantly, I guess in the pro ranks, he's played a myriad of positions along that offensive line for Utah. The one calling card I think when it comes to the NFL is he'll be able to tell teams, I have played every position on the line, I can play any of them. But where do you see his pro future and maybe his immediate future as a Ute? Where do you think he's the most successful? I really think his best fit is at the center position. I think he's incredibly intelligent. He's very agile and very strong for his size. Uh, I think at the University of Utah, it puts them into a difficult position because Orlando Umana had anchored that spot for a long time. But in my humble opinion, Nick Ford is a better center than Orlando. And, and so do you continue with that? Uh, knowing that Orlando has worked and developed it. Uh, do you move Nick to the outside again to play tackle where he can play? He's effective there at the college level. He is definitely not a tackle at the next level. Um, but the versatility aspect will be big for him. I, I just think it raises a lot of really fascinating questions. If, if I were Jim Harding, it would be a very tough conversation because I would have to go to Orlando and say, we love you. We appreciate what you've done here go find yourself a home where you can play out your senior year because we're not going to be able to play you here. He can't play guard. Yeah. They've got plenty of guys to play there. I think Nick is a better fit at center. I think the film has proven it. I have a lot of love for Orlando. I, as someone who's had that said to them, I sure. know how frustrating it is when people doubt you. But at the end of the day, these guys are in a business. This is, I know the players don't get paid, but this is a business as we've seen this season. And you have to do what's right for your business. And I think that's putting Nick Ford at the center position. I'm with you. I kind of thought that was where you were going to go. And I think it's, it is proven. I think so far that yeah, his, his best position probably is playing that center spot. And it does, it does suck for a guy like Orlando Umana, who you just, you feel for because it's nothing that he did necessarily. It's just that there, there apparently is a better guy at that spot. You never want to see a guy lose their spot to injury, and it's just unfortunate that that's what's happened. Yeah, exactly. Let's also take a minute and talk about Brant Keithy. I think he is an absolute key cog for this offense, especially in the aftermath of losing Ty Jordan. This is a guy who is going to make a lot of money in the NFL whenever he decides to move on from Utah. But the good news is for Utah football right now, his immediate future will be in Salt Lake City, and that should be a welcome ringing endorsement from all things all Utah fans, they should all just be ecstatic. This young man said, you know what? I want another year wearing red. It's it's unfortunate that he didn't get the season that I think he was hoping for, but at the same time, it, it's almost a gift because he'll be entering into his third season with an extra five games in his in his holster, and, and this is going to be the one where he can actually break out. I think for a lot of these guys that had NFL hopes and aspirations, they were severely 
derailed by what happened with the coronavirus and and what happened with how the Pac-12 decided to to work. Look, we don't need to talk about how great Brand Keithy is. His production speaks for itself. It was, you know, feed the beefy every single game, and that's when Utah's offense really started to cook. And and so you can – play him in a variety of roles. He can take handoffs. We've talked about the jet sweep action. He played running back in high school. His versatility is probably his second biggest asset. The first being that he's just an incredible athlete. And while people have doubted him for his size, it really hasn't mattered. He can come back to school. He can improve his blocking against competition that is below his standard and really shine on film. And all that's going to do is raise that guarantee for when he gets drafted. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to seeing him back at Utah in tw- this coming season. I, I can't say in 2021 because we are in 2021. Uh, but one more note before we go here, Brian. You've got some details on when Utah is going to begin winter workouts. And that should be also some some more welcome news is the fact that Utah is planning on getting winter workouts going here. And they're fully anticipating, based on everything I've heard, and you hear more than I do, but they're anticipating a fairly normal off season this coming year. They are, and and school starts on January the 18th, and from what I'm hearing, that's when they'll start their winter workouts as well. They usually try to give the players at least a week to acclimate with no spring break this year. I think they decided that we're just going to go with it. We'll get guys back the week before, make sure that they're in order, make sure that they're where they need to be, and then we'll start going full speed from there. I, I It's interesting. I, I don't know if that means that they're going to try and do spring ball earlier Sure. Or if they're going to try and do it later. Uh, I know that Doug Elisaya has done a masterful job of, of varying how he does his strength and conditioning stuff. So whatever it is they decide to do, Doug will be prepared and he will have him ready to go. But uh, it has to weigh on Coach Whittingham thinking if we could get it all in and, and then have everything go back to normal while we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, like I think that's what he's going to try and do, right? Sure. I, I wouldn't blame him one bit. So we'll be sure to track anything that comes out in the lead-up to winter workouts, also spring ball, as Brian and I will be with you guys every day talking Utah football, basketball, and we're even going to mix in the other sports. We've got women's gymnastics. The Red Rocks are going to be getting into action later this week. We need to talk a little bit about them. We'll have it all covered for you. That's, that's the goal. That's the overarching theme of what this podcast is all about, Brian. So any parting thoughts or shots from you as we go out? Just a big shout-out to the women's basketball team for getting a big victory over Washington, 84-61. Like we said, we want to have Amanda Smith in, in, sure. on at some point to talk about the Lady Utes. Um, stay tuned. Subscribe, rate, review. Five stars only. Let's keep this train rolling. Things are going great. We're getting great reviews from everybody. We'll, we'll work those into the podcast as much as possible. If you have ideas, I, I know a lot of people reached out over Christmas. I was a little overwhelmed. Be sure and throw them right back at me at Brown Bear SLC at Locked On Utes. And let's let's make 2021 great. Yeah, you also can email the show LockedOnUtes at gmail.com. Real easy to do. So until tomorrow, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Utes podcast for January 4th, 2021. And Brian and I will talk to you manana.